This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all, and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as its members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through Him. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favouritism. Masters, Provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. G'day everyone. Well, welcome to Discovery Church Online. My name is Matt and it is my privilege 
and uh, my joy to be able to open the Word of God with us again today as we continue and actually close our series that we've been walking through on the book of Colossians. Now, as you may know, if you're just checking out church for the first time, welcome to you. Um, We've been walking through this book on Colossians, and we've been talking about how the Apostle Paul, who's writing from prison in Rome to a church he's never been to in a place called Colossae, where they were in the grip of a heresy called Gnosticism, which was tearing the church apart, literally, but also figuratively, in the sense that Gnosticism was about separating out the spiritual from the natural, separating out, uh, saying that those things that were divine were heavenly, and things that were earthly were actually evil. And so it was compartmentalizing their faith. And so we've been walking through as the book of Colossians shows us that Jesus is all in all. He redeems heaven and earth, and in fact, in him, heaven and earth collide. They come together, and so we actually live now in a new place of a sense of wholeness and unity as heaven and earth come together, as our spirit and our body actually work together to disciple, uh, to be disciples of Jesus and follow after him, not just to go to heaven when we die, but on earth right now to affect change and to impact this planet where the, where the kingdom of God is advancing right now inside of the big story that Jesus is telling on the earth. So the title of today's message is this. Why we need each other. Why we need each other. Over the first couple of weeks, as we've explored Colossians chapter 1 and chapter 2, there has been a lot of talk about what you would say is the vertical relationship we have with God. We've been working out how Christ being all in all affects us, affects our relationship with God. We've been talking about how we get free, how we live ourselves and in a way that's not compartmentalized, but actually connected together with the Spirit of God as we live out our faith in the world. But now the apostle takes his turn to switch focuses and to move away from the uh, a study on the vertical relationship we have with God, but now into the horizontal relationship that we have have with others. Because it's, it follows that if our life is connected, that if our spiritual life, the life we have with Jesus is not just about the spirit or not just about going to heaven when we die, not just about escaping now so that we can get to heaven, but actually impacts the world we live in, then it would stand to reason that our faith not only affects us and God, but also us and each other. We live in a communal faith. We have a communal relationship with God. It's not just God and me, but God and us. In fact, we've just celebrated Christmas, and the word that Jesus gets called around Christmas time is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not God with me, but we have a communal faith. We have a community faith. In fact, even this book, that Paul writes to the Colossians doesn't just go to the Colossians, but also goes to the Laodiceans as well. It was what you would call a a circular letter, a letter that gets passed from one community of faith to another community of faith. So we are connected not just to God, we're connected to each other, but as well as that, we're also connected to other churches. And I wanna say to you this, every single week, Discovery Church has people coming in, jumping in online, people who live locally in Mount Evelyn, people who 
live in Victoria, people who live right around Australia, and even around the world. Now, I love that. I love that there might even be people joining us today on this stream, people listening to this today on the podcast, and you might be connected to another church. What I want to say to you is this. We bless you, and we love you, and we want to encourage you. Discovery Church is a church not just about ourselves, but we're about other churches as well. We, we, we see ourselves as a piece, as a part of the kingdom, not the whole kingdom. We're a certain flavor. We're a certain color. We're a certain, uh, in terms of a certain color of faith or a certain palette, and that's okay. We're not going to be everything for everyone. If you're joining us from another church today, we bless you. We love you. If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, then you are our friends, and we are looking forward to serving God in the kingdom with you as well. So why do we need each other? We need each other in so many different ways. We know, I guess, uh, under, under, the, under the surface that, we, that life was meant to be lived in relationship. But so often we seem to go it alone. Why is it that you hold back from sharing your, sharing your, deepest, um, your, your deepest sins with the people around you? Why is it that not only do you, share, do you stop sharing your deepest sins, but also your deepest hopes and dreams? Why is it that we stop one short of just sharing what's actually going on in our lives? Maybe you're part of a life group. Maybe you're part of a small group and, and when people are sharing, you know, you just stop. You just, there's something in us that stops us from actually going deep with others. You might be married, you have a spouse, and you, you, you just can't seem to share. You can't seem to get through another level in your relationships. Well, today is going to really help you talking about why we need each other. You know, when it comes to our faith and it comes to life with God, God has to initiate everything. We have not had to initiate everything. Everything that we do in our walk with God is a response to what He has already done. And so when we're talking about life with others, it can seem super difficult, but I want to say this to you, is that a new reality is what brings unity. You can't... You, if we were left to our own devices, us trying to get along with every single person is doomed to fail. The only way we can find a sense of connectedness with people, especially people whom you don't like, and by, in, in fact, by the way, those are the people who God calls us to love most, are the people we dislike and we, we don't get along with. Those people, for us to be able to live in relationship with people, we need a new reality. We need God to have intervened, and that's exactly what God has done. In the beginning of Colossians 3, he says this, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. How can we clothe ourselves? With compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience? Well, because God's chosen us. Because God's choice was for you, because you are God's choice, you are now free to live in a new reality where you choose others. God has initiated the process. We merely respond. We merely respond. So you don't have to just try harder. The, 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 um, the secret behind loving others is by knowing that God has chosen you. And on the power and the strength of that, that is how we choose each other. I want to read to us as our focus passage today, Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. Listen to this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, 
Since as members of one body, listen to that, members of one body, not many churches all separated out, but members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful, he says. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, see, it captures both, word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. I love this passage of Scripture. And what Paul's really saying here is it's about preferring others. Because Jesus has preferred us, we are in a very privileged position. We spoke last week about Jesus cancelling our debt, cancelling the, the, the paper that even the debt was written on. We are now militarily safe. We are in a privileged position. And from that privileged place, we can now prefer others. Because God has your back, it means you can now seek to serve and love other people rather than just worrying about protecting yourself. In our world right now, we can feel unsafe, we can feel assailed from every side, and what it can tend to do for us is mean that we go on the defense. We protect ourselves from every side. We're worried. We don't feel safe. And so what that means is we, we pull ourselves in and we stop thinking about others. Whereas what Paul is saying here to the Colossian church, you've been chosen, you've been dearly loved, so now it's time to prefer somebody else. Prefer somebody else, especially those who are outside the people of faith, especially those who don't know any better, especially those who are wandering around lost, lonely, helpless. Prefer them, serve them, serve the world around you because it's not about escape. It's not just about battening down the hatches, waiting for Jesus to return so that we can go to somewhere better. Jesus calls us to make heaven here. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. It's time to prefer somebody else. He says here, bear with one another. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, that's when you really know if you're preferring someone, if you can forgive them. Now, of course, God doesn't ask us to forgive just on our own merits or off our own back or because of our own strength. No. How do we forgive others? Well, of course, with the love and the power of the forgiveness that we've received. You and I have received forgiveness. God has canceled our debt. And I want to say to you today, especially some of you with a root of bitterness in your heart, and I know it, how quickly it springs up. And I know when you go to bed at night and you lie there thinking about it, you're seething, you're worrying about how it is that somebody else can be doing so well when they hurt you so bad. It's time to prefer them, and the way that you prefer them is by forgiving them. doesn't mean forgetting what they've done. It doesn't mean saying it didn't matter. Of course it mattered. Of course it hurt you. But I want to say to you today, to prefer others means you've got to step into a place of forgiveness, out of the forgiveness that God has given you. Why? Because it will actually free you, and it will free them. It cancels their debt, and it moves us into a place of unity and community together, preferring 
others. Now, as he goes through this chapter, chapter 3, and then we're going to touch on chapter 4 at the end as well today. As he goes through, he has specific instructions for different groups of people. And so I want to use that today to speak to different groups of people as well as we go through. Because preferring others sounds awesome. It sounds awesome as an idea. But I love how the Apostle Paul here starts to say, okay, well, we're not just going to prefer others. Again, because heaven and earth are coming together, and this is not about separating spirit and body, but actually learning how to how everything is spiritual. The ways that we think and the unity that we have in spirit actually needs to come through and follow through in our relationships as well. So he first speaks to the household. He speaks to wives, husbands, children, fathers, and slaves. If you want to read this, it's in, it's in Colossians 3, starting verse 18. He speaks specifically to the household, because how many know that if you want to, if you want to know if you're preferring others, the one place it's going to be tested first is in your own household. <laughs> it's, it, it's within the people that you live with because those are the people that can see, just seem to have a gift to get under our skin. We get under others' skin. We're living in close quarters. And now, of course, the household in Bible times, the household that Paul was writing to here, could have been a household of 30, 40, maybe even 50 people. You had big households with many, many generations. Grandfathers, grandmothers, you had mums and dads, you had children, you had workmates, you had, of course, in this time and day, you had slaves. And it's interesting here that Paul doesn't say, doesn't try to seek to free slaves, but help them to know how to live in their place of slavery. He speaks to wives, to husbands, to children, to fathers, to slaves. As you read this passage about slaves, I start to think about how it would be and how um, employees of businesses uh, can work, not because you're a slave in that place, but the words that he has for those slaves are so good. Whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men, knowing that, uh, that from the Lord you will receive your inheritance as a reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving Jesus when you go to work. The way that you prefer others and the way that you serve your boss, you are actually not just, you're not serving your boss, you're, you're there because Jesus has asked you to be there. You are called to that place. So I want you to go into work tomorrow, Monday morning, get up, get dressed and go into that place knowing that you are serving Jesus in that place. You are bringing glory to Jesus in that place. Can your household be a place of glory to Jesus? Wives, can you love your husbands because it's glory to Jesus? Husbands, can you love your wives, prefer them, honor them, love them because of glory to Jesus, because you want to bring glory to him? Children, can you honor your parents because you want to bring glory to Jesus? Fathers, can you bring your kids up in training and instruction of the Lord rather than exasperating them, which is what Paul says, because you want to bring glory to Jesus' name. Because you're a disciple and it's not just about going to heaven when you die, but it's about bringing heaven into your family, bringing heaven into your workplace, seeing the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven advance because it is here right now. Jesus said the kingdom is at hand. Jesus, uh, Paul also talks about prayer life in the beginning of chapter 4. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with thanksgiving. 
Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thank you. And he says, pray for us too. Remember in chapter two, he says, I want you to know how earnestly we're praying for you. So now Paul's asking that they would return the favor. He's saying, I've prayed for you now. Will you pray for me? And again, as a pastor, I want to offer that invitation to you today, please. Would you please this year be in prayer for Jody and I? Would you please be in prayer for our team, for our leaders, for our staff, for our volunteers? Would you be in prayer for our witness in the community? Discovery Church in 2021 is going to be a year where we impact the community both locally and globally with the story of Jesus Christ and the story of what he's doing in and through us. We're seeking to see so many lives transform. The name of Jesus get bigger and bigger and bigger and the name of Discovery get smaller and smaller as we make big things happen in the name of Jesus. That's what we want to see. Will you be in prayer with us this year? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for Jody? Would you pray for me that I would be dwelling richly in the word of God? That my own prayer life would be on fire? That, that I'd be a great dad? I'd be a great husband? That I'd, be, uh, that, that I'd be a humble leader? Would you please pray for me? We covet your prayers. Of course, in our prayer life, this is so important as we seek to build unity across our church. Oftentimes, this is where it goes wrong first, is because we don't pray. We don't stop to pray, and we act out, and we speak before praying. We speak before listening, and then all of a sudden, things start to go sideways. Could you pray first? Watch over your prayer life. Secondly, Paul talks about the public life. He says, be wise. This is the beginning of chapter 4 as well. This is chapter 4, verse 5. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. The Greek literally here says, walk in wisdom with outsiders and redeem the time. That's when, he's, when it's translated to us, make the most of every opportunity. But in Greek, the original translation literally means redeem the time. What does that mean? It means that every single encounter you have with someone who doesn't know Jesus, and if you're joining us today online and you don't know the person of Jesus or you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, we are so, so glad that you are here. This is why we open the Bible. This is why we open the Bible every week because we believe the Bible has things to instruct us. The Spirit of God takes that and that revelation to transform our hearts and turn our hearts toward the person of Jesus. And I just I'd love that you're here today. If you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, we are so glad that you are here. And for those who would call yourself a Christian or a disciple of Jesus, Paul's saying here to the Colossian church to redeem the time. Every single relationship you have has been ordained and been anointed by God. May you make that connection, that relationship. May you redeem it and may, you, may it become a cause for glory to God. Every relationship of your life is there because God has willed it. He's ordained it to be. Nobody's in your world by accident. So can you walk in wisdom? Knowing Wisdom is simply not just knowing what God says, but acting it out. Can you redeem the time and start to walk in wisdom with outsiders so that they can see your faith, they would see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven? That there would be such a sense of of impact, of personal impact that you would have on people's lives this year. 2022 is going to be our best year yet, my friends. And so let's apply this today.
What does this mean as we read through chapter 3 and through chapter 4 as we bring this series on Colossians to a close? Firstly, I want to encourage you to do this this year. Pray first and act second. Anytime you come to a point in your life where you don't know what to do, I want to encourage you to pray. Pray first, let prayer be your first resort, and act be your second resort. Oftentimes you might find that if you pray first, you actually don't need to act second anyway. God already does it. But I want you to pray first. As Paul says here, continue steadfastly in prayer. It doesn't mean being in prayer every second, give yourself a headache. It means carry around a prayerful spirit. Carry around one ear to heaven at all times. Carry around this prayerful sense of what it is that God might be doing in every situation rather than getting anxious and flustered. Pray first and act second and pray for us too. Secondly, Paul says here, pay attention to your relationships. If living with Christ and our relationship with Christ is not just about a vertical relationship with him, but flows on to a horizontal relationship, if a new reality of being chosen in Christ means that we should prefer one another, then I want you to pay attention to your relationships. Pay attention to the relationships in your household. Pay attention to the relationships in your workplace. Pay attention to the relationships with your uni mates or your schoolmates. Pay attention to to the relationships in your mum's group or your riding club or whatever it is that you do. Nobody is there by accident. I want you to pay attention to what it is that God is doing in you and through you for the glory of Jesus as heaven and earth collide in him. We're not separating it out. Church is not something that just happens on a Sunday or happens when you open church online. It is something we carry with us everywhere we go, impacting every relationship that we have. And then thirdly, and I want to close this message and our time and this series with this. This is taken out of something that Paul says right at the end of chapter 4. He says in chapter 4, verse 17, as some closing greetings, as he closes this letter with some greetings for the churches, both in Colossae and in Laodicea. He says in verse 17, And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I'm going to read it again. And say to Archippus, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. And this is where I want to close today. One thing about preferring others, one thing about needing each other is that each one of us has been called to something unique. Each one of us has their own patch of soil to till, their own little bit of ground in which to grow fruit for the kingdom. And I want to encourage you today to see to it that you fulfill the ministry you've received in the Lord. We can spend a lot of times, my friends, doing a lot of different things. You could spend your time running around and chasing after this and chasing after that, but are you fulfilling the ministry that you've received from the Lord? Your ministry might be looking after kids right now. Your ministry might be running a business right now. Your ministry might be being part of a tennis club right now. Your ministry might be a whole lot of different things. Might be going to work and serving people as a nurse or a doctor or whatever it is. It might be running a small business. Whatever your ministry is right now, see to it that you fulfill that ministry you've received from the Lord. 
might be serving at church in some way, shape, or form. It might be loving someone, leading a life group. It might be serving through discovery. Whatever it is, whatever ministry you've received, see to it that you fulfill that because as heaven and earth collide and we come and stand face to face with Jesus, you'll say, Have you received, did, you, did you fulfill the ministry you'd received from me? The talents that I gave you, the gifts that I gave you, the freedom from, the, from debt that I gave you canceled the charge, the, 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 the fact that you live chosen, holy, loved, and, and now called to prefer and seek to serve and forgive others. Are you fulfilling that ministry? Are you living it out? Because there is a big, big story that you and I get to part a play in. We get to part, play a part in a really small part in a really grand, huge story. The story of the kingdom of God. And we enter into that by believing in the person of Jesus Christ, by his death and his resurrection. And then we have the privilege of fulfilling the ministry we've received personally from the Lord to serve and love others in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.